doing okay? Amen and amen. We've come here uh, to praise the Lord this afternoon, and if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 288, hymn 288. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Hymn 288, hymn 288. Everybody ought to know. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for this day, Lord, and I'm thankful for these that have come back this afternoon, and I pray, God, that you would meet with us in a special and mighty way, empower pastor as he preaches a message this afternoon, yes. and I pray, God, that our hearts would be touched, Lord, and that we'd go out and make a difference for you. So, yes. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've done, and be with the services to come, and that's all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you're able, if you could turn with us to uh, hymn 655, hymn 655. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is, and they should be able to see the sunshine in our soul. Amen. Hymn 655, sunshine in my soul. Hymn 655, sunshine in my soul. Do you have sunshine in your soul? Amen. Oh, there is sunshine in my soul today.
got a nap this afternoon really I mean I don't know how you did that that was awful quick power nap that's what it was right all right well just in case get your bulletins out brother Marco uh, please continue to pray for Miss Eva uh, she he went home this afternoon to tend to her she's really literally almost because of the surgery she cannot get up and around so he went back home this afternoon I'm thankful that he was here this morning amen and and I'm thankful for that. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, keep her in your prayers. A lot of, lot of surgeries this week. I'm telling you, in the last two weeks, I think there's been five or six people that have had surgery. And uh, so please keep all those in your prayers. I know that they would certainly appreciate it. We've had several that are, were sick this morning. Uh, so just pray that the Lord will uh, be with everyone, all right? But, but on your, uh, in your bulletins, everybody got them. All right. These are, you know. They're, they're not the Bible, but they're important, all right? So that way you know what's going on. Soul winning, Saturday, 930. So please, I'm, I know it's hot, but uh, we're, you know, we're going out. And uh, by the time, I mean, it's really kind of cool in the morning. It's only like 85, 90, all right? It don't get hot till about, till about 1030, and we're usually back by then. So it's not hot till it's like 100, right? Good. Okay, I thought y'all was doing Take y'all's head this way, all right? Uh, but so when Saturday morning, 9.30, ladies, y'all come. I think we've, we've got some more things back here that uh, they're putting some John Romans and some things like that together, so don't forget about that. Teachers meeting and workers meeting this afternoon, just as quickly as we can, uh, as soon as service is over, meet down in the uh, Corinne Ministry classroom uh, for that. Junior church workers, teachers, everybody please be here, uh, be there for that, and if you get there quickly, it won't take us long, 15, 20 minutes at the most, so please be here for that. Uh, then, of course, Tuesday uh, is the uh, Creation Museum. Be here at the church at 930 uh, so that we can uh, all, uh, if, I mean, if you're driving, uh, if did you get your uh, the address of that, it's just right up here on Luna and Royal Lane. I believe that's the address of that, but this has got the physical address on if you'd like to go. So uh, we've got about 50 that are going so far. Uh, if you want to ride the bus out here, just uh, get here in time to get a seat. If not, you can follow us over there, drive over there. Everything is on that card. It's out here in the foyer on the, on the, uh, uh, on the table out there, so pick one of those up. But be here 930, ready to go. Uh, Brother Dennis, as he's got dialysis that morning, he said if he could come late. I said, that, yeah, if you want to come late. I'm, uh, you know, he said it's about uh, 15 minutes or so, so... Uh, I told him that'd be fine. So, Brother Dennis, just get there as quick as you can, all right? Some things are important, you know, like dialysis. So, uh, you know, please uh, just come but be careful. But we'll count you uh, in the number, okay? Uh, but, but the rest of us, please be there here at 930. We need to be there ready to go in uh, before 10, all right? And we'll meet in the main auditorium. So, uh, But if you're there, we'll give you all that information, all right? Uh, also, uh, back to school supplies, the supply list is on the board, the bulletin board out here. If you'd like to bring some things for the kids that we're gathering up, all of our kids for Sunday. So uh, they start back to school in the next, isn't it the next week? Is that right, Ms. Jean-Marie? August 9th. Isn't that crazy? You know, I remember we used to go back to school after Labor Day. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I also remember we used to get Big Chief tablets. You know, <laughs> you know, anyway, 
Uh, Brother Marco, he's not here, but he remembers when they had a chisel and a hammer, you know. <laughs> That's what happens when you're not here, amen. So, uh, but anyway, but please bring those and uh, not forget about that. Uh, ladies, uh, if you're going to the ladies' retreat, sign up on the bulletin board as well. That's September 8th and 9th, so uh, don't forget about that, all right? Otherwise, all of your uh, information is in your bulletin, so please uh, don't forget about that. Read up on them. If you don't have one, pick one up in the foyer uh, out there before you leave, all right? But again, please pray for our folks that are sick. A lot of them, uh, a lot of our folks are sick. A lot of them are dealing with things, surgeries and things of that nature. So please lift up our folks in, in your prayer, and I know that they would appreciate it. Well, let's have an offering this afternoon. We'll uh, want to have a good offering, amen. I mean, the debt retirement thing is pretty awesome. Folks are giving to that. And I appreciate your giving. Oh, and, and there's still some cards down here if you'd like to pick one of those up. Uh, but just, you know, do what God lays on your heart. And, uh, you know, we'll just apply it to that. And one thing that we like is debt-free. Amen. Amen. If somebody came and told you we'll pay off all your debt, would you take it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't sound too sure. I would. I'd take it in a heartbeat. Amen. As long as there was no strings attached, I'd let them do it. But anyway, well, let's have a good offering. May the Lord bless you as you give. Father, thank you, Lord, for our people, their, their faithfulness, Lord, and their willingness to be involved, uh, not only in ministry, but, Lord, in their giving as well. And, and I'm thankful, God, that you said give, and it shall be given unto you. I'm thankful, Father, that you said cast your bread upon the water. Not many days henceforth it shall return unto thee. And, God, I pray that we will... Be givers, Lord, not just of our tithes and offerings, but, Father, help us to be givers of ourselves. And, Lord, I believe that we can apply that as well to being a cheerful giver. And so, Lord, help us to give of ourselves first, and we give you praise for it. Bless this offering. Bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. join us uh, with him 149 we're just going to do this chorus twice uh, just as we uh, recall that Jesus keeps his promises and that Christ will return one day we'll do uh, two choruses of until then 149 149 until then we're going to start with the chorus but until then sing along but until Coming a day. 
Christ says, oh, no, we're not done yet. He throws hymn books ready. He throws hymnals ready. We're not done yet. Hymn 504, hymn 504, we would like for you to count your blessings. And after you count your blessings, please greet each other and count each other as a blessing as well at the conclusion of this hymn. Count your blessings, hymn 504. Oh, when upon life's billows you are best cause, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord I stood in the courtroom, the judge turned my way, it looks like you're guilty, now what do you say? I spoke up, your honor, I have no defense. And that's when mercy walked in. Mercy walked in and pleaded my case. Called to the stand, God saving grace. Oh, the blood was presented that covered my sin forgiven when mercy walked in I stood there and wondered how could this be that someone so guilty had just been set free my chains were broken i was born again the moment that mercy Mercy walked in 
Amen. Thank God for mercy. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6. Uh, if you'll turn there, if you are able, if you would please stand in honor of reading God's Word. We'll read beginning of verse 1, and uh, we'll read down through verse 9. Exodus chapter 6, and beginning in verse 1. When you find your place, amen. Well, that's pretty good. All right, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. You remember we talked about then and now. The then only took place after Moses prayed and talked to God a little bit. Right. And, then, and then God spoke, amen, and says, Okay, Moses, now uh, shalt thou see. Verse 2, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. By, the, uh, by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, now by the way, that's not to say that God forgot. Okay, he's just saying he heard, he heard his people, all right? Verse 6 says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of, of, of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with a great judgments. Uh, and I will take you to me for people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." And I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. Verse 9. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Father, I pray, God, that you'd bless the reading of your word and help me, Lord, again to... Stay in the context of your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, dear Holy Spirit, would speak through me. And God, that you'd give me clarity of thought and unction of the Spirit of God to uh, preach the message, Lord, that's, uh, that you've laid upon my heart. May we listen, Lord, to the dear Holy Spirit of God and respond accordingly when the invitation is given. I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we left off <clears throat> talking about the seven I will promises of God that we read through these verses. And we talked about the promise of rest, the promise of rescue. We talked also about the promise of redemption, all in verse 6. Well, this afternoon we'll pick up where we left off and we'll pick up in verse 7 and with these I will promises. And we see the first in verse 7 where God says, I will take you to me for a people. Uh, that's a promise of reception, if you will. Israel, remember, they've been despised. They've been uh, enslaved by Egypt for some 400 years. And, uh, and they're going to be received by God uh, as his people. And, and, and what a wonderful promise that is. I mean, in Egypt, think about what's going on. Egypt was downtrodden. They, they've been rejected. And it seemed like nobody cared about them, but God cares. God did care, and I'm thankful, listen, uh, that we see through this a story of grace. Amen. I mean, what a story of grace we see. Israel's drifted away from God, and we're going to see it time and time again over and over in the Old Testament where Israel uh, gets away from God, but God always receives them back. I'm thankful that God is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. So we see a story of grace here. How, again, that Israel's drifted away from God while they're in Egypt. But God in His mercy is going to bring them back to Himself. Like the song that we sing oftentimes, I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home, amen, like the prodigal son that wandered off into a far country when he came back. Listen, the father was already looking for him, ready to receive him back. And in so we can see here also uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We can see salvation here that, and that we're received by God to be his people. John 14, 3, it said, the Lord Jesus himself said, I will receive you unto myself. 
Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, And you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled or received us back to him. So it's a wonderful thing to be accepted by God. When we mess up, and we talked about that this morning, we do mess up. We do blow it. But I'm thankful that God said, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, he receives us back to himself. So that's the promise uh, of reception. When we look again in verse 7, we see uh, the promise of recognition. Israel's deliverance from Egypt is to be accompanied by an increase in the knowledge of God. If you look there in verse 7, uh, God had been a stranger for the most part to most of these Israelites while they're in Egypt. But God says, ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now he's going to teach them about who he is. And he's going to teach them through the statutes of his word, through the tabernacle uh, that they're about to set up. We will see that the Israelites will be instructed and, and learn about God. And it's the same with you and me. Before we were saved, God says that we were dead in trespasses and sin and that we could discern nothing of a spiritual nature. Listen, those who are lost without Christ cannot understand or discern the spiritual things of God. You know why? We're dead, spiritually dead. We're dead in trespasses and sin. But when we get saved, the Bible says that we are passed from death unto life. So when, so when Paul is speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. In other words, listen, when we get saved, there is an expectation that we are to mature and grow in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not to stay based, but Paul here is speaking to the Corinthian people, and he said, listen, I can't talk to you as a mature individual or immature Christians because you've never grown. You're, you're babies in Christ. And these Corinthians, they had not increased in their knowledge of God. And so when we're saved, listen, we're to put on the new man. Amen. Amen. Which is, watch, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, which is renewed, in, here's what it says, in the knowledge of after the image of him that created him. In other words, we are to grow in the Lord. Right. I've met people who have been saved 30 years that have never grown and matured right. spiritually. Right. Listen, that's not what God wants for us. No. He wants, it, it's all right here. Amen. There's no reason why we should not grow and mature uh, in our knowledge of, of, of God and in the knowledge of his word. It's right here in front of us. Yeah. And so we see that promise of recognition here uh, about the Israelites. Notice verse 8. There's the promise of relocation. The Bible says that the land that which was promised. Now the land promised was the land of Canaan, right? Are y'all still with me? Say amen. The land promised was the land of Canaan. Israel, they were not going to move from a different place, uh, you know, moving to a different place in Egypt. It was a relocation, but they were, they were not relocating to another city in Egypt. They were, uh, it, they were going to a different country. Amen. Listen, a lot of people nowadays, they get saved and they don't relocate. They want to stay off in the world. Amen. But thank God doesn't want us to stay off in the way. He wants us to relocate. Amen. And we see that Israel, uh, that God's getting them out. Egypt at its best is no, listen, is no match for Canaan. Why? Because God is going to be there in Canaan with them. He's leading out of, leading them out of Egypt into Canaan. When we get saved, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We're different. We are a are are to be a peculiar people. Brother Eric was telling me about knocking doors that one of the people he knocked doors, they said, they know, they said, you know, there's just something different about you. And you know what that difference was? They recognized that he was a Christian. 
and that's the same way it ought to be with you and I today. Uh, people ought to be able to tell that there's just something different about us. Now, some people, there's something different about them, but you know, but you know what I mean? I'm, I mean, there's something different about Brother Marco. Now, again, he's not here, so I'll pick on him. He's probably listening, but that's okay. But listen, but when it comes to the, uh, things of a spiritual nature, people ought to know that you're a born-again child of God, but just by knowing that there's just something different about you. And we can see that here. Listen, we are to begin, or we may be in the world, but we are not of the world. We're to start preparing our move to heaven right here, right now. This is not our home. Earth on its best day is no match and no comparison to the new Jerusalem that a born-again child of God is going to get to live in one of these days. Our location is not some improved location here on this earth. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, and I saw a, a new heaven and a new earth. Listen, God's not going to renovate. He's going to start all over brand new. Amen. And we see that. Jehovah provided Israel with a new location. And Jesus provides the saints with a new location as well. A city whose builder and maker is God's. I like where I live. I enjoy it. It's comfortable. But I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to the mansion I got coming. Amen. You're looking at a rich individual. I may not be rich here in this world, but I'm rich about the blessings and the, uh, of Almighty God and the things that He's prefer, uh, prepared for me, and I'm looking forward one of these days to getting it. And I believe that that day's coming soon. Notice something else here we see in this verse that God says that I will bring you. We see God leading the people. God's going to show the way. And He leads the people of Israel with a pillar of fire by night and a, cloud, a, a, a pillar of cloud by day. Do you understand that God will lead us if we just allow him to lead us? He's not going to just pick out the Israelites and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead my people, Israel, but, you know, you're on your own. No, wait a minute. The book of Proverbs says that if, that if we acknowledge him in all our ways, that he will what, do what? He'll direct our path for us. Listen, he will lead and God will lead us. Acknowledge him. We don't have to worry about what we're going to do. Listen, because God knows exactly where we need to go. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. If we simply acknowledge him in our everyday decisions, God will lead us just like he's leading the Israelites. But notice they're not going out empty handed. Another I will promise is God says, I will give it you for an heritage. Now, the Egypt, or in Egypt, Israel, they are slaves. Right. Uh, they are living in poverty. They're in bondage. The Jews didn't possess the land, and I doubt that they possessed very little while they are there. But Canaan, God teaches them, is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Now, folks, uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, it tells us that as born-again children of God, the Bible says that we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And if we are joint heirs, listen, if I, was a, uh, if I had an inheritance and I was joint heirs with, uh, with someone here on this earth, that might be exciting. I don't, I, you know, I mean, I've never got a letter saying that I'm an heir, of, you know, that would be kind of cool. But, but I, on my, my side, I don't know where that would come from. Amen. But I'm, I've got something a lot better waiting for me that's not here, a part of this life. It's in glory. I am joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. What his is mine. Amen. Amen. And what, what's mine is his. Or that's the way it ought to be. But we can understand today that the Lord Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's my inheritance. That's my heritage. My heritage one day is heaven. My heritage not, may not be much here in the eyes of this old world, but I'm telling you, in the eyes of a born-again child of God, I have a great heritage for me, and it's waiting on the other side, and one of these days, I'm going to get to go claim it. And that's what the Bible's teaching us through God, where he says, I will give you for inheritance. Uh, in Ephesians, watch this, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 14 tells us that we already have the earnest of our inheritance in the sealing of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, you ever, when you buy a house, you know, you put down earnest money. Right, right, yeah. Amen. 
Listen, and in other words, that in other words, that you you're saying that. Listen, I'm giving putting this earnest money down to let you know that I'm serious about what I'm doing. I'm I'm serious about uh, about this purchase. Well, listen, there's even a better earnest that we have in the sealing of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, it's not something made by hands of this world, but it's in the earnestness of the Holy Spirit of God that we are sealed uh, with the promise of God that one day that He's coming back for us. Amen. So we can see the same thing here in, in verse 8 where the Bible says, God says, I will give it you for an inheritance. Notice in verse 9, Moses here, he goes and speaks to the people. He says, and Moses spake so unto the children of Israel. This is why every word is important. I want you to circle this little word, so. What, what a neat study. This is, to me, I thought this was pretty, very interesting. That word, so, it lets us know that Moses has told Israel uh, exactly what God has just told him. That's what that word, so, is teaching us. Moses didn't add to what God said. And Moses did not take away from what God said. Moses, the Bible says, and, and, and Moses spake so unto the children of God. He has told the, the children of Israel exactly what God has told him. And when God spake to Moses, listen, it was a great message. And the reason it was a great message was because God said it. Listen, if it would have been completely different, the, the message of mankind today is, has no power in it whatsoever. It is the power of God that makes the difference. And Moses says, so listen, I'm not telling you what I think or what I'm saying, but I'm just saying what God says. And Moses says, so spake unto the children of Israel. And that Moses or that message was of great power because God said it. Moses didn't go up in front of the people empty handed. He didn't go in front of the people unprepared. You know, I've had preachers say to me over the last 38 years, listen, you, if you just go, you know, I just go to the pulpit and I open my Bible and I just take my finger and I put it right there and, and that's where I preach from, not me. Listen, you know what that is? That lets me know that somebody is unprepared. Moses did not go in front of the people unprepared or empty-handed. It was a message of substance. Are y'all still here? Say amen. It was not a message to entertain. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you, thus saith the Lord. I'm here to just say what God said. Amen. And too many preachers today come to the pulpit without spending any time with God. Uh, they have not prepared. They have not studied. And their message is shallow and empty and it's void of the power of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. When we come to worship, we ought to come with the purpose of hearing from God. I don't want you to come here from me. I want you to pray for me that I'll give you something that has come from God. Amen. Amen. And whoever stands here in this place should declare to you as the people of this church the message of Almighty God. Nothing more and nothing less. Amen. So the reason Moses had a great message is because he'd, he had spent some time with God. Notice again the little word so. We see some character. Or we see the character of Moses in this message. That word so lets us know that Moses was faithful in declaring divine truth. He gave Israel the right message. Listen, God help us and help me and, and any preacher uh, that preaches to people to give them the right message. I'm not here to give you philosophy. I probably couldn't do it anyway. But I'm not here to do that. Amen. I'm here to just say, thus saith the Lord. I'm not here to give you my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, if I give you my opinion or my thought, I'll tell you, this is whiteology. Right. Amen. I'm, uh, but listen, I'm here to just simply uh, proclaim a right message, a, a message of truth from God. Right. Moses didn't water it down. He did not change it to suit the occasion. He just simply said what God said. And I believe the world is filled with, with those who lack the integrity to just say what God said. Listen, God help us. We don't have to be mean-spirited or, 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 you know, just or, or brash about it. Listen, but we just simply need to tell the truth. Amen. 
the Lord Jesus Christ did the same thing. I I mean, how more plain can you get when you're looking at a group of people, a bunch of Pharisees, and say, you bunch of vipers, you bunch of snakes? That's pretty straight. But you know what? If they would have repented and got right with God, he would have received them into heaven, and they could have gotten saved. When Judas came to uh, to uh, uh, betray the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, the Lord gave him an opportunity to get right. But he didn't get right. Uh, but we today, listen, we don't need to be, just simply tell the truth and, and, and tell people what God said. Whether you teach or preach or witness, we just need to stay in the context of the Word of God. Amen. Uh, we just need to say what God said. So the message may not be popular, and it's not real popular these days to just tell the truth. It may not fit the occasion. It may not fit the moment, but we should just preach the word. That's what Paul told Timothy. Timothy, yes. preach the word. That's right. He didn't say preach philosophy or any of that other stuff. He just right. said, Timothy, just preach the word. Preach the word. Amen. Right. Without wavering. Amen. A lot, of, a lot of people waver today. Um, anyway, I'll get off of that. Verse 9. Look, we, we'll go to something else, all right? It says, uh, When Moses came and told them, when he, so, when he spake so unto the children of Israel. Now remember, he's telling them what God said. He's giving them the right message. He's giving them divine truth. Notice what it says about the people. They hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit, and for cruel bondage. Israel didn't respond right. The reaction of the people had to be disappointing to Moses. I, I, when I was reading this and, and studying about it, I'm, I'm trying to be in Moses' shoes, if you will, and try to think what he's thinking. And, and, I'm, and I began to think, you know, Moses had heard from God. Moses has been conversing with God Almighty. And, 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 and he's, he's got a message for the people, uh, and a message that encouraged him. Have you ever, have you ever had something happen to you and, and you just can't wait to tell somebody about it? Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I'm, I'm thinking this is Moses. He's, he has spoken to God. This, the message of God's encouraged him. Listen, maybe he was discouraged. Maybe he was ready to stop. Maybe he had been to the point where a breaking point in his life and God begins to talk to him and, and God encourages him. And, and not only that, but he revives Moses in a sense to, to get back to the work. And so now Moses is excited. He's thinking, man, I can't wait to tell the people I know this will help them. And if they'll just get it, I know that they'll be excited. They'll be revived to follow after God. And he cannot wait to get before the people. And he gets in front of them and listen, and then they are not interested. How disheartening. I mean, he's excited about it. Uh, And he wants the people to know what God said. But they're not interested, which is, you know, not really that uncommon. God's man can get excited about what God gives him. He's filled with enthusiasm. Man, the the, the Spirit of God inspires him, and he cannot wait. Sometimes I'm studying, and and I'm getting all excited about what I've studied and what I've found, and I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till Sunday gets here. I can't wait to tell the people I'm excited, man. This is awesome. This will this will encourage. This will get the folks back on fire for God. And I know God can do something. And I get up and I preach and I I, I, I you know I, I do all this other you know going around and hollering and all this. And I'm watching out there and and I see people going. And the invitation is given. And people walk right out just like they came in. And you know, it's, don't you know that that is disheartening? And I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm just letting you know what's going on here. God's man is excited. He's enthused. And he's only met with apathy and negativity. And I, I think Moses is disappointed to the nth degree. 
Listen, God's preachers get in the Word of God during the week. They discover great truths. Listen, if I, if I was out here and I dug up a one-ounce gold nugget, I'd probably want to show somebody. Man, look what I found. Look at this, Brother Shelton. Look what I found. Man, I was out here in the yard the other day and I just kicked something and I, I kicked up this, this gold nugget. Man, this is awesome. And he says, yeah, whatever. Oy vey. Whatever. Listen, you know that's what happens in churches all over America. Preachers, they get out, they get into the Word of God, they, they dig up the precious nuggets of God's Word, and, and they get into the pulpit to relay it to the people, and, and you, all they find is disinterest in, for the most part. Listen, but the problem, watch, is not content, and the problem is not the messenger. The problem lies in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the gospel message. It's certainly not this book. This is a book of power. This book will change the lives of people. But we've got to eat it, just like we talked about this morning. We've got to apply it to our hearts. And Moses gets up, and he tells them what God said, and they're disinterested. But look in verse 9. It tells us why. It gives us the reason. It's the anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. Now, I understand that the Israelites have faced hardship. They've been in, uh, under the bondage of the Egyptians for 400 years. And, and now that Moses has gone back to Pharaoh and he says, you know what? God says, you've got to let my people go. And, you know, let's, let us go out three days out here in the desert so we can worship. And Pharaoh says, oh, so you have time to worship? Well, we're just going to take away the straw. You go find your own straw. You keep making the same amount of bricks. And if you don't, if you don't make your quota, we're going to beat you. I'm certain that they did. They beat them. Uh, the people cried out. They, I would, wouldn't doubt that they killed some. I mean, we know that they faced cruelty and hardships. Listen, do we not face cruelty and hardships on a weekly basis? Do, not, do things not come in our lives that, that, that just bow us down into where we don't know what to do? Are, are, we, are we here? Say amen. We, we do face things. But listen, we must not allow the hardships and the troubles to dominate us to the point where we don't pay attention to what God says. Amen. Right. I, I, I'll read this in a minute. I, I don't want to get One preacher said this, we defeat ourselves by being occupied with the difficulties of the way. Satan, he enjoys heaping trouble on you. He likes it. He laughs about it. When you're, when you're weary. Listen, but God said, Be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season. Yep, if we faint not. Satan delights in heaping troubles on us to try to get us away from God. He does that to try to distract us away from the, the things of God and God's Word. But when trouble piles up, watch, when troubles burden and they threaten you, listen, we should not give up on God. We should not give less time to God. We ought to give more time to Him. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I miss them in church and and, and, and they've been out for two or three weeks, and I, I, I try to get a hold of them, and I finally reach them, and, and, and I call them, and I say, hey, what's happening? I've missed you for the last couple of weeks. Are you okay? And they say, well, preacher, I'm just going through some things right now. And so, and, and as soon as I get them, as soon as I get this stuff all fixed up, and, 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 and as soon as I can get these troubles lined up, and these hardships taken care of in my life, as soon as I get all that done, I'll be back. Listen, that's the worst thing that you can do ever. Listen, we ought not give God less time when we're in trouble or we're facing trials. We ought to give Him more time. We ought to spend more time around God's people. We ought to spend more time in God's house. We ought to spend more time on our knees before God. We ought to spend more time reading His Word, not less. The worst thing that we can do is give God less. You ought to purpose in your heart to be more dedicated, more faithful, 
We need to stay in God's word and we must stay in God's service. Psalm 34, verse 19 and 20. Watch, a reality check. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's no easy button. I keep thinking about that easy button that you see on TV all the time. You know, oh, look at there, easy button. And it makes everything, listen, there's not, when it comes to serving God and being, and, and being a spiritual person, a holy person, there's no such thing as an easy button. God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But wait, it didn't stop there. Thank God for that. God never leaves us in trouble, amen. He, he goes on to say, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Amen. Listen, God doesn't just deliver us out of, he don't pick and choose which one. He said he delivers us out of all of them. Amen. Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Oh, Brother Shelton, I just need to call you because I'm, I'm having some trouble. Wait a minute. He's not the guy I'm supposed to call. It's okay if you want to call him second or maybe third, but we need to call on God first. Amen. God says, listen, let me read it. And call upon me, God said, in the day of trouble. And God said, I'll deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Psalm 138 and verse 7. It says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies and thy right hand shall save me. Listen, if you're bumping up against some people that's caused you some trouble, just tell God on them. Isaiah 43 verse 2. It says, when thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You think God's going to take care of us? Amen. Absolutely. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said unto me, here it is, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, and most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in that my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, God's grace is sufficient. Um, I mean, Moses, he went to the people, and he's trying to, God encouraged him. You know, sometimes may, God may be trying to encourage you, but it may be coming through a different person. It'd be good if we listen sometimes. Maybe, maybe that encouragement coming through Brother Shelton or, or even some, you know, sometimes encouragement can come through some of the places we never even thought it would come from. But, you know, sometimes we don't want to be encouraged. We want to be miserable. You ever met anybody that just likes to wallow in misery? You know, I don't want to be there. I, I, I want to, you know, if... If you see someone coming, you know, and it's one of them kind of people that says, well, how you doing? Well, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and then they begin to tell you. And by the time they get through, you're all wore out and you're miserable. Listen, I want to I wanna be encouraged. I want, I want, and I want to encourage others. And, and listen, and, and, and so God help us that if somebody comes, be ready to receive some encouragement. Don't wallow in misery because God is able and he's ready to meet our need. No matter how desperate they might be, no matter how crushed and how down we may be, no matter how exhausted we might feel, you ever feel exhausted? You go to bed wore out and the weight of the world is on your shoulder? Yeah. God's grace is sufficient. That's what he said. My grace is sufficient for thee. And you can take that word thee out. And you can just write your name in there and it'll fit. You know, folks, listen, God's trying to help his people through Moses. And because of anguish and because of anguish of spirit and because of cruel bondage, they didn't listen. God help us not to allow the, the circumstances of this life to keep us from listening to what God has to say because God may have something that you need. And if we let the circumstances of this life bog us down to the place where we can't hear what God's saying, we've come to a really bad place. And we just need to stop for a little while, get along with God, and then let God minister us, minister to us. And all God's people can say, 
Father, help us. Strengthen us, Lord, this afternoon. And God, I'm thankful that, Lord, that through Moses, God, we see these seven I will promises and we see pictures of our own salvation through these. And Lord, as you spoke to Moses and he went back to speak to the people, he told them just what you said. And God, because of circumstances, because of their anguish of spirit, Lord, cruel bondage, God, they didn't listen. Help us, Lord, God, to listen. Not to me, but to the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in us as Christians. Lord, the old world, sometimes it, it does get heavy. It gets difficult to tolerate and to bear. But God, we don't have to do that because, Lord, you said cast all your burdens upon me because I care for you. God, I pray that we'll do that today. Help us to learn some of these things from, from the life of Moses. And God, that we can carry with us through the week. Help us lean on you, Lord. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation, if the Lord's speaking to your heart, just a verse, you come right now while we sing. Come on. I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home.